welcome to North Dakota After Dark, where we have checked two boxes and that it is After Dark, and we are mostly in North Dakota. Corey will be joining us soon. But in the interim, we are very pleased to welcome Randy Lieberg uh, from JLG Architects. Randy is the chief ice designer at JLG Architects, and he is here tonight to talk to us a little bit about rink design and how uh, how the future of rink design will take into account uh, parents and those who are the users of the rink off the ice. So Randy, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Why, thank you. Um, so uh, here's Corey, very good timing. Corey, I hope you can hear us. Uh, one of the things, uh, Corey, we just got started and introduced Randy. So Randy, meet Corey. Corey, meet Randy. Howdy. Um, we're, um, I, I guess while you're here, Corey, we should let you know that Randy is yet another central grad we have on the show. So for those of you keeping track, Jeremy, add one to the central tally. You know, at some point you just, you figure out that this is no longer just a coincidence or a circumstance. <laughs> yeah, it's a way of life. <laughs> um, so again, welcome Randy. Um, so Randy, a lot of things we talk about on the show are, uh, I guess, things related to youth hockey, hockey in North Dakota, and all, all, I guess all things in between. So, um, Randy, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and then I guess sort of how you got into rink design, and then we'll kind of get into some of the things you see uh, in that field going forward. Well, I think I can handle that. Um, I have experienced youth hockey as a parent, and I have experienced... Um, North Dakota as a resident. So, you know, we, I got that going for me, which is- I love it. Um, I am uh, a graduate of Grand Forks Central in the mid 1980s. And I, I actually was convinced to try hockey myself at about my junior year of high school, which you could never do now. Um, I strapped on the goalie pads and um, my first day of practice, I put the pads on the wrong legs. That's how green I was. Um, and, uh, but I had a good time. You know, the, the, just the, the whole aspect of it was, was great. So I enjoyed it while I was there. And then I picked it up again when my middle child started playing goal as well as probably a, a mite. I don't know how old he was, but, um, and I enjoyed it until my knees blew out. So um, my direct experience with hockey is limited to that. I get asked all the time, did you play college hockey, et cetera? And I have to begrudgingly say no. But, uh, you know, I, I've got three kids. Uh, two of them played puck, and um, one of them continues to do so now um, as an adult, and he coaches as well in, in the Fargo area. And right about the time that he uh, started um, really getting into the sport was about the time that we at our architecture firm um, figured out that there was there was something that a firm from North Dakota could be a national expert at, and that's that's ice hockey arenas. Um, I don't think anyone would would even bat an eye at the idea of ice hockey arenas, but if we said it was um, I don't know uh, medical facilities, there might be some you know there's lots and lots of firms out there all over the world, but ice hockey that's North Dakota, Minnesota. So I've been fortunate enough to be doing that for wow, a long time, decade and a half, just on uh, sports facilities. And, and uh, we've worked all over the place. I've been involved in um, mostly collegiate projects is the kind of stuff that I like, but um, certainly at the community level as well. So yeah. um, lots of puck. Well, yes. Yeah. And Randy, I've been to a, a lot of those arenas with you. And, and one of the things that I guess uh, stuck out to me as a person that had not been involved with it as long as you is a lot of the amenities going into some of these facilities are a lot more higher end than we expect from a rink. Um, the club lounge at Sacred Heart, for example, is very, it looks like a very modern, almost like a nightclub or a restaurant. Can you speak to that a little bit? Is that one of the trends you're seeing in college? Or is that filtering down to community rinks as well? Well, I think um, the trickle-down effect is certainly there. Um, the NHL facilities, of course, like almost all pro sports, uh, started the trend because they were looking for ways to generate revenue. 
constantly generating revenue and they needed more options within a facility, not just the club, but a club, um, not just the restaurant, but a restaurant and, and so on. And I think the, uh, the, the ability to provide great services and great experiences for fans certainly trickled down to the collegiate level. Um, and for better or for worse, um, that in turn has trickled down at least somewhat to even the community level. And not so much that you have to have a glitzy nightclub in your local barn, but the idea being that there are things that are that help make the experience better. And it's not just boring and bland that when you're there, um, I think for a lot of these community rinks, as you all know, you often spend more than just the game time there. It might be tournament time, might be practice time. And if there's something else to do, that's an added benefit for the user. So uh, it's that, that trickle down is really definitely noticeable. And, and one of the things, you know, all our kids play together, as I've said a few times on the show, but uh, we have the opportunity to go to a lot of different rinks together. And you're seeing things, you know, like uh, enhanced concessions, you know, better seating, better lighting, stuff for other kids to do in, in, in the rink. And again, I think it speaks to how much time people are spending there. And I think the other thing that maybe gets lost in the shuffle is that people are spending a lot of money for their kids to play hockey and want that experience to reflect sometimes the expenditure. So, um just speaking, Randy, a little bit to the community level, are there any things that, uh, any things you see going forward or anything where, or I guess any areas where people are trying to invest that money when they're looking at a new facility? Well, um, interestingly enough, I did, um, I did a presentation on a similar topic to a national group a few years ago when I attended the, the National Ice Rink Conference. And I broke it down into six, six, facets, if you will. Um, the idea of maximizing the facility use, um, whatever square footage, whatever nick, uh, nook and cranny, use it. Um, improve the user's experience, both on the ice and off the ice. Um, find incredible spaces that are already there in your facility. And then the, the last three really tie together. Attract more people, bring them back, and then increase the revenue. Um, and all of those things, it's not a bad thing to want to increase the revenue if you're running a rink because what you're doing then is you're providing a good service. If you're not providing that service, people aren't going to take advantage. So um, I, I think it's important to, to keep in mind all of those things in the rinks. And there's lots of examples of things that, that rink operators can do uh, from building new to renovating existing um, one of the, the arenas that we've uh, visited together, Randy, is in uh, Wellesley, Massachusetts. And one of the things I find really interesting about that one is it has uh, has a pool, a gym, a doctor's office, and a rehab facility, plus uh, a lot of retail space, a classroom. Um, and they, j just speaking to your wanting to bring people back, they take in a lot of demographic data about who is coming through the door and then consequently tailor their approach uh, to those customers, I guess you could call them, coming through the door. Is that something you, you could see foresee coming to the Midwest, where it's more, you know, community style rinks versus a private rink, or how do you how do you think that translates to our, our neck of the woods? Well, I think you hit on it, Kyle. Um, the difference between uh, private rinks and community rinks is pretty sharp in the sense that um, community rinks are generally there as a benefit to the community. They're a quality of life item. And we see that in the communities that we live in where our kids don't spend nearly as much. Well, let me rephrase that. We don't spend nearly as much for our kids to do the sport as they do in other communities because it's subsidized by the community. Whereas the private rinks, their whole purpose is to generate dollars. But that doesn't mean that, the, uh, that those things can't translate. So I, I think the key is that... Um, I think you have to look at it like, could any of the amenities that you were just talking about stand on their own? Are they things that people want to do anyway? Do they want to get coffee? Do they want to have a beer in a pub? Which is maybe a little a little outside of what we see, but I mean, you don't have to go very far out of our area to see uh, options where there are food and beverage available. 
It might not be in the rink, but it could be adjacent to the rink. Um, I mean, it could be anything. Um, recovery spaces that even the adults can take care, uh, yeah. take advantage of. Um, mini golf, uh, movies, or unique ways to watch uh, TV and, and, and music. Things that instead of just having the TV in the corner that's either blaring the Weather Channel or silent, um, you can tailor spaces to uh, to really give people something that they are interested in seeing and experiencing. Randy, are you seeing any of these community type arrangements looking to utilize some more of retail or sales space to try to reduce the cost for the communities? Um, when you when you say that, are you are you suggesting that it, that they might be able to offer the retail products at a better rate than their competitors, or no? Actually, would would a community ice center be looking to offer commercial sales experiences, products, or other things so they could use that profit to offset the cost of the hockey in that association's area? Absolutely. Um, and, and it could be anything from, um, I mean, the bottom line is, is, is again, as we uh, as hockey parents have come up through the years, every one of us has had to do some time <laughs> at the concession stand, at, at the penalty box. You know, we, we, are, we are required as a resource to try and to make the uh, facility operate properly. But um, there, if the facility has the ability to staff those areas, I think it's great. And um, I think one of the things that we're seeing that's maybe a hybrid is that you may have, let's just say the, the pro shop, um, that you can, um, you can lease out the pro shop space to a third party who is going to operate it and take the, the uh, profit. I, I would assume a, per, a percentage of that profit goes back to the facility. But having people come in the door for that is going to get them to spend their time and money in other areas of the facility. That might be the concessions, that might be programs that are happening. So it can be a hybrid too. Well, that's interesting. And don't think for a second your Caddyshack joke got past me when you started out because Goonga Goonga to you too, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's genius to incorporate these, like you were saying, other activities, you know, when you said mini golf and coffee shops and stuff, because I think what one of the things hockey has that, you know, is unique to it is it's primarily a winter sport. So when these people are going to these destination places, most people don't want to go to many places. So if these facilities can offer a place to get coffee, a place to get a beer, place to eat, place for the kids to hang out, most people are totally fine with staying in one location, hockey parents anyways. I mean, it just offers a convenience to them that I think really appeals specifically, you know, because certain sports, if they're all year round, you know, you might want to get outside a little bit more, but hockey just typically that's not the desire is to go outside and hang out. So when these arenas offer these perks, you know, I mean, you, it, you some of the stuff you were talking about, I've seen in Winnipeg arenas. Um, you know, I, there's some rinks up there that have a bar and grill that overlooks the ice, you know, right. um, uh, when you talk about the pro shop, I've seen one, you know, and it's just, it really, it, it adds to the experience. It really does. It's, um, it's kind of leveling up these hockey facilities and it's really neat to see where they're going. Cause I mean, when I was little, I remember playing girls hockey in Stonewall, Canada, and um, we were in an actual barn, and there was a hole in the wall, and the snow was blowing into the building. <laughs> so, hockey arenas have taken uh, they've taken a step, and it's really cool to see. I and it's I, I have a question though in rink design because you know as Kyle had mentioned, they are looking. Um, at doing some updating for the Purple Arena. That's where my husband coaches with Central. And um, but as you guys do this, what's you zip it, Corey? All right. Uh, it, these are Central people talking, Corey. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put baby in the corner right now while you finish. Baby's in the corner. Uh, but what is what's the most expensive part of any like when what 
what part of the design process is going in a, in a rink facility is going to be the highest dollar part of the design? Well, I think other than the obvious of the actual rink and refrigeration equipment itself, because that's the vast majority of the cost. Um, I think after that, it's just going to be the, the the square footage of the facility. And by that, I mean that every square foot of, of space costs money. And so saying, well, let's just add a locker room. That locker room might have a, a pretty healthy price tag to it. So um, the more spaces that we can use uh, or that we can set up that can be multi-use, the better. Um, in fact, I was just talking to one of my colleagues today about um, creating a room in, um, we're looking at doing some renovations at the Bloomington Ice Garden Arena. And, um, um, and, and we're trying to plan for several different sets of varsity locker rooms for the multiple teams that play. And by getting creative, we can um, open up some, some room so that there's a multi-purpose room that can be a party room. It can be tournament HQ uh, when when it's tournament time. It can be the it can be the uh, the crockpot central. Um, you know, it can be a variety of different things. It can be the community meeting room or the the uh, board meeting for the youth association. It can be a lot of different things. So I think the easiest way for us to maximize the value is to is to have as many of those as possible. So have you ever considered having an add-on to a hockey rink, there being a place where dads can go to specifically complain about how poor their kid was playing? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and in all seriousness, um, I was going to bring this up at some point in the conversation, but this is a good segue. Um, one of the best examples that I've seen is, uh, is in a northern suburb of uh, Denver, and uh, a guy by the name of Tony Sadeo who played football, I believe, at UND yep. uh, back in the day. Um, he put together a facility that has just about everything you can imagine under one roof that's legal. Um, there's turf space, lacrosse space, there's studio ice, there's full ice, there's golf simulators, any number of things. There's bar and, and a restaurant. And the idea was that if you're going to come and drop your kid off uh, for even practice, why in the world would you leave if you can go have a beer in the bar and maybe book uh, a session in the, in the uh, golf simulator, you know, make those things available. And so I think the idea of having that bar space where you can have a pint and, uh, and catch about your kid, um, yeah. I, I, it's built right into the facility. Randy, you had me at hello. Not gonna <laughs> <laughs> no, so back, yeah, back when our kids were, you know, the, the especially the termite might age where the practices were 45 minutes and parents still went because 45 minutes is not enough time to do anything as far as getting across. No. 15 minutes somewhere, 15 minutes back. And so being able to go there and not have to watch a 45 minute ter termite practice would have been fantastic. I know there's some parents who want to watch these things. I did not care. I mean, well, that's neither. why you. That's why you moved to Ro to Roso so that the Legion is across the parking lot. That's right. You know, I'm just saying. That's just, just good planning. You know, the like local, he knows who my neighbor is. Yeah, the local <laughs> coordinators do a good job. Uh, <laughs> Sir Eric Fabian, they run a terrific bite practice. So shout out to them. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that's why those amenities help. Instead of just the lobby, or I talked about that spot where there's the the TV that's on silent. You know, I, it doesn't take very much to uh, to provide something that's an alternative. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe for some communities, that the reality is you uh, encourage the coffee shop to move into the strip mall next door. You know, it may not be in the facility, but it's close enough that it, there can be some reciprocal sort of uh, arrangement. And um, I, I just anything you can do to to think about quality of experience for the users, not the people on the ice, but the people that support the people on the ice. Right. Well, and, and your transition will leads me to my transition of 
having said that, what's the craziest thing you've ever heard someone put into one of these complexes? Oh, well, I haven't actually seen it, but I guarantee there's axe throwing someplace. Nice. <laughs> That's a good way to take out your yeah. frustration. Um, uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe some adult entertainment someplace north of the border. I would have to. Imagine. Okay. You see that happening, yeah. Regina, probably. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Did either of us have fun? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I can't um, reach my sticker. I have one too. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. Um, well, Randy, thank you so much for all, all this information. It's really, we kind of wanted to just touch on facilities as one place we, we hadn't gone so far. So uh, I appreciate you joining us and really like to have you back another time just to talk maybe uh, a little more specifically about uh, some rinks we all know and, and share some thoughts and ideas if, if you're willing to come back. Well, I'm kind of thinking that Perper needs to have a like a food and beverage, a bar incorporated, and you can call it the Kitty Cat Lounge. Uh, yeah, I tell you, uh, yes. our esteemed sponsor, Sean Endries of Endries Construction, is all over it. Uh, we stood in the um, in the tunnel at Perper the other day. Said I never noticed how shallow the rake is trying to uh, sit here. So that's uh, you, you'll have a, a willing a, a, some willing participants here at Grand Forks. I feel like Eagles can use it first. Uh, true. <laughs> they already got their improvements. Okay, Sorry, Randy. Right? I take that one in. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you have to call it the Kitty Cat Lounge because it's purr, purr. The purr, purr. Yeah. Kelly's yeah. all over it. So, right? I mean, never see my husband again, Mom. <laughs> he would choose to live there if there's a restaurant there. Oh, I thought you. I thought you <laughs> You you took that somewhere else. Huh? I, I, I thought I just thought Kelly, you were going to stay there, and Matt could just come and go as he pleased. So either yeah. or, either or. That sounds that sounds good for a marriage. So <laughs> healthy, right? So Randy, thanks again. Those uh, I thought that was very informative, and I uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us. Right on. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Right. Thanks, Randy. See ya. Well, uh, thank you very much to Randy Lieberg. Uh, this is a very special episode where you get two guests for one. So we're really pleased to welcome another Central grad, Central Hall of Famer, Shane Reynolds. Recent addition to the Central Hall of Fame. Very recent addition to the Central Hall of Fame. Why Why? Why, why does it say Andrea? We, we don't want Andrea. We want He's Shane. Incognito. Andrea's already been Andrea's there. Andrea's the boss of that house, oh. okay? And Shane is only here with her permission. Not fair. <laughs> While we're waiting for that, uh, their uh, AOL to boot up, you can hear the modem from across the street. Uh, Shane, welcome to the show. Hey. All right, there we go. Sorry for the technical difficulties over here. <laughs> There is no technical difficulties, but I would like to say, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well done. Well, well done. Uh, Shane, welcome to the program. You are our second guest of the evening. Lucky me. Yeah. Is that, uh, Shane, is that your uh, pajama hat or do you wear that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Yes. That's, that's the one you sleep in? It's my before bed. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um Shane has to wake up in about seven minutes to get ready for work. So we no, are going to joke. get right after it here. Um, so before you came on, Shane, we mentioned you are, uh, in addition to being my neighbor, uh, a central grad, a central hall of famer, uh, big time wrestler and football player, now hockey dryland coach. So we're going to talk to you about the crossover. Uh, so the crossover from... 30 years ago to uh, <laughs> today, yeah. Try that coach, yeah. So that you know, 30 years ago, about 10 years before Kelly was born. So we're gonna, you'll have to like, watch Thanks, some <laughs> you're welcome, Kelly. not true, but I'm gonna let it slide, yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, obviously, you have to update so, some of the terms. Uh, so yeah, so before I guess I jump too far ahead, um, let's do two things, Corey. You want to tell us about our nice sponsor? I will. I will. You know, just uh, in case you've, you've ever uh, not heard of them, Endries Construction Services. With over 20 years of experience in all areas of construction, projects worked on include banks, oral surgery offices, dental offices, schools, retail space, auto body shops. You name it, they can build it. 
They offer assistance with all phases of construction from the initial design phase all the way through completion. They do primarily um, professional construction services in the commercial space. You dream it, they can make it a reality in Dries Construction Services. Wonderful. Um, secondly, what's everybody drinking? I'm back in my high noon. I'm in my high noon era. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying it. So we're, we're there. It, it's, 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 again, I like drinks that remind me of summer. Just keeps me, keeps me going. Why not? Yeah. Jane, you got anything going on? Uh, yeah, I got the Sazerac, which is a summer, winter, fall, spring type drink. <laughs> I call it the, the four season For all me. seasons. Yeah. Corey? What are we on, the 24th episode or 23rd? Episode 24. 24. Episode 24. Or 24 in Canada. I am very ashamed to admit that I am drinking a Blue Dolphin out of the Cochirian Baseball Cup because I was late to get to the podcast for a reason I will tell later after Shane or at the end of this, uh, which is a hilarious hockey story, I promise. But I literally ran through the kitchen, grabbed my glass of water and said, I guess this is going to be good enough today. We were taking bets on if it involved Parker bleeding because... It did? <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, it did 50-50, right? I left him in one piece. So Corey was late. I, I was late. I was about, I think, five to eight minutes late. Barely, though. So it was, yeah, it was just fine. Uh, but for a hockey-related reason, and it's, yeah, and it's funny. Account. So that's on time in my book. I had a Corey during my first, the first guest, which was a George Dickel and Fresca. Now yeah. I moved on to Icewind, which is called a beach cruiser. I'm also moved on to summer drinks. Pretty good. Nice. Golden ale. Icewind, soon to be our second uh, commercial sponsor. Fingers crossed, <laughs> and, and where do you pick up? Uh, where do they you have pick blocked up ice wind. Wind. One day, you know. Yeah. Um, so Shane, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we've been meaning to have you on here for a little bit. Uh, second Reynolds on the podcast after Andrea in episode eight. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. The best one first. That's good. <laughs> you better have. I would say to compare and contrast, Andrew was very serious. So we're really expecting you, Shane, to go off the rail a little. More serious or less? La oh, way less. Oh, yeah, we should be fine. Yeah, we should so, be fine. Okay. Good. Um, so I, I sort of uh, teased it out a little bit, but um, as I said, I guess, uh, Shane, you were a wrestler in high school, you played football in high school, uh, and you now have three boys that are hockey players, and you have been involved for, I guess, a number of years now doing some um, off-ice and dry land training for them. Could you tell us a little bit about how you arrived as a, a hockey dry land trainer? Hockey dry land trainer. Uh, yeah. So, let's see, that would have been with my oldest boy. Uh, I think it happened somewhere in that maybe second year squirt timeline. The coach, um, I think the stigma of being a wrestler at, or for me was, well, he should be in shape. So you're running our dry land. Yeah. So, okay. And that was six, seven years ago, eight years ago. Just kept doing it. That's way too serious. Boy, <laughs> you're right, though. I mean, I wrestled in high school, and I, with my oldest boy, um, haven't yet with Parker's group, but my oldest boy, I ran all of their uh, their dry lines. And yeah, to be clear, though, Corey so, wrestled with popularity, not with other people, right? Oh, well, I mean, a little column A, a little column B, Kyle. <laughs> oh, that was right on the platter. Not at all. Corey, I'm sorry. You're not sorry. No, no, not really <laughs> at all. Um, I, I'm just mad. In all honesty, guys, I'm just mad because Shane Reynolds is honestly the reason I can't grow a beard. <laughs> because you know, you look at someone else's beard and just like it's just never going to happen for me. That's tough. That is hard. <laughs> One day I'll just I'll shave some patches in there for a few days. Thanks, buddy. If you could <laughs> my summer beard, that'd be fantastic. Summer here, summer there. That's right. Oh, that's actually my dad's uh, favorite joke. Uh, he would, <laughs> someone would, uh, we'd be at a family 
type of uh, event and, you know, an aunt or someone would start teasing us like, hey, you boys have any girlfriends? He goes, yeah, they've got summer girls. And people would laugh like, what does that mean? He goes, summer fives, summer sixes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dad. Love you, dad. Yeah. Uh, so back to dryland. So did you put any uh, thought? Did you just like jump in with both feet, Shane? Did you like come in prepared? Did you try and tailor what you learned to make it uh, suitable for hockey guys? How how'd you get at it there? Yeah, I guess um, just hitting a few um, wrestling camps when I was younger in Bismarck. Week-long camps, we did a lot of dry land, big part of that. So um, I guess that just stuck with me as a base and, and then work from there. Google is a great um, dictionary for anything that you need to find. So I think it, dry land is becoming like so much more important at such younger ages. Like, you know, I even talked to Matt about like, so Jet's team does dry land twice a week and these are 12 and 13 year olds. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked Matt, I said, you know, when you were 12 and 13, were you guys doing dry land? He's like, no, but I really wish we would have. He's like, because, um, you know, it, it's, he said, it's just really incredible to see the strength that you can achieve at dry land that then translates to the ice. He's like, I, I wish that we would have done so. so I think sure. that that's one of those, like, as time moves on improvements that we're making, like, um, and, and I see it in yet even like, cause I was kind of a skeptic. I'm, you know, I'm a mom. So I'm always the one like, Oh, come on, you know, lay off of them. They're doing amazing. And, but I genuinely see the difference in him since Dryland has been incorporated in his endurance, um, in his strength when things are getting more physical as they get older, you know, um, so I kind of had to eat my words on that because I was like, this is too much. And it's, it, it, but it, the, the proof is there. It does work. It seems like in any sport, it's getting younger and younger the age at which it starts and you can see it in the athletes that are bigger stronger faster than they are you know they've ever yeah. been that's yeah. you know it's not just from showing up at practice for an hour three days or three days a week you know it's there's extra going into it yeah building those muscles that incorporate into skating not just through skating but off the ice too mm -hmm. i this is me learning because i would never that never would have occurred to me. I'm, I'm a non-athlete. Um, I'm a sitting person. I really like, I'm a pro sitter. I like to incorporate it as much as possible in my day. So my children take after their dad where they're, they're pro movement, but I'm, you know, I'm staying on the other side. <laughs> hey Shane, hypothetically, did you ever bring along like a seven or eight year old go go girl to shame some of the boys you trained into working harder? <laughs> I've, I've, I've done that before. Yes. Okay, good. Good. Shame Work is marks. a wonderful tool. <laughs> glad, glad we see things with like minds. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm going to take back every time I've called you and Kyle, the second best uh, neighborhood combo uh, of neighbors, you know, <laughs> they take it all back. <laughs> this right. is a oh. <laughs> Deep bench. Um, <laughs> She, you, you mentioned uh, doing dry land for wrestling and then I presume quite a bit for football as well. Was there anything you added or, or maybe subtracted from, I guess, your repertoire, you know, moving in, into hockey or things you had to cut out through trial and error? Oh, that's a great question. So, I know. thanks. Um, <laughs> so with, with wrestling and football, I mean, my senior, like, I thought I was in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I probably was. Um, a few years out of high school, a friend of mine, oh, geez, maybe only two years out of high school, a friend of mine talked me into doing a beer league, uh, old man, old timers league skate with him. I went up and down the ice twice super fast, and I thought my legs and my heart were going to explode. Like, it's... Hockey is one of the toughest ones to match off ice, right? Like that explosion. So one thing I learned from Bismarck, which is super hilly, is running hills, right? 
It'll make your lungs burn. So I did incorporate the dike for summer workouts. Super good. Other than that, yeah, like, I don't know how you copy the, um, just those bursts of speed and, you know, your legs and your, your lungs skating. I mean, unless you're a hockey player, you don't, you don't appreciate what that takes. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Interesting. You mentioned that, uh, I was talking to a, a player the other day and he mentioned his coach still likes to do bag skates on Mondays. And I, I was surprised because that seems to have gone, because there's not, there's no, none of that quick explosion, you know, the intense activity for 45 seconds of shift to kind of mimic the game. It's just like a long term kind of a grueling type of thing. And I, I don't think the conditioning, unless I'm way off base, but I don't think you get a lot of conditioning out of that. I think it's a, 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 a misplaced type of exercise for hockey, where I think, a, you know, a quick sprint up a hill would closely mimic what you're going through on the ice, right? Right. Yeah. But that's the only thing that I could think of was how to mimic that. But I, I don't, I've never had to do the bag skate, but that seems like it would work quite well. A little mental. Maybe the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the kid actually noted it wasn't punishment related. It was just like, this is what we do on Mondays, you know, win, lose, draw. We're going to, so I, I guess I, I was curious as to what what the end result was going to be conditioning-wise, you know? Well, I, I echo what Shane says. I still think hill running is one of the best things you can do as an athlete to try to build your speed. Uh, in fact, the dike is actually a perfect area to do it here in Grand Forks because the dike has varying levels of inclines. There's actually a almost a, a ramped incline that's perfect for beginners. I'm better for injury prevention. And then there's a, there's steeper areas that you can go to as you progress. So it's actually a surprisingly free place to work out. And I don't know about you, Shane, like, I mean, you don't need to run until you die at 20 up, 20 up and jog down are more than enough. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And then you might think 20 times up a day is pretty easy, but do it once. (laughs) I don't think I could do 20. Oh, Matt really got into when he was playing, I think, it, I want to say it was when he was down in Prescott, Prescott Valley, um, is those sleds, those weighted sleds that you push. Um, that's when he's, he also is a big fan of the up down, uh, running the day. Um, but the sledge just for that, like you said, that explosion. Um, because hockey players need that. And so that, that sled that you push, you know, it, it, that's what it targets is those, those muscles that have to react and explode really fast because hockey is just kind of different in that way. I always laugh with Matt because sometimes like, sometimes you'll see hockey players, like football players and stuff. They, they tend to have that same like classically chiseled build, but there's some guys that will take off their shirt that are like professional hockey players. And I'll go, God, they just like, Bill Kessel, you know, and I'm like, they just don't look like, you know, like a professional athlete. And that's like, they just don't need to be that. It's, it's what muscles they use that have to be utilized. It's not, they don't, it's, it's different parts of the body. He's like, and I guarantee you, he's very strong. He's like, he couldn't do what he does without being very strong, but you just wouldn't look at that guy and be like, it's a professional athlete right there. (laughs) (laughs) Funny being a non-hockey player, I said the exact same thing. I'm like, yeah. You look at any professional, I mean, even professional baseball players, those are some big right. rip boys. Right. Sorry, right. Sorry, Patches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Mr. Ahula had to you, sir. <laughs> so I said that. I'm like, I look at some hockey players and watch them what they do on the ice and then see them with their shirt up. I'm like, no. No, I know it's crazy, but it's just, you know, it's not that they don't need upper body strength because for sure, you know, shooting requires upper body strength, battling in corners requires it, but it's that lower strength that they need, you know, that's, that is their center. Um, and so that's what I've enjoyed even with jet, because I have one of the little guys of his age group, you know, he's not one of the big guys. 
And so as he's gotten this training and this conditioning, I'm seeing him more confident in the corners, more confident in puck battles, you know, like, so what I love seeing about it is, um, I, it gives the little guys an opportunity to compete as well. You know, I mean, cause you worry about that, like, Ooh, there's boys that are so much bigger than them, but that's where I've loved this strength training is I'm seeing him where he, he can stand up with those bigger boys, even though they're twice his size, he's getting sturdier uh, on his skate, sturdier in his core where they can't push him around as much as you would expect with him being on the smaller end of the team. So um, I'm good. That, that, that's actually a good uh, segue, Kelly. One of the things I wanted to ask Shane about as well is uh, I alluded to it earlier in the show, um, <clears throat> football, wrestling background, boys that played hockey. What kind of lessons do you try and impart to them about, about some of that stuff, like competing against bigger guys and, and, and that kind of thing? Like what kind of wrestling or football lessons can you or can or did you pass along to the boys to? Oh, um, I you know, I wish all my boys would have wrestled living in Grand Forks. I knew that was an impossibility, <laughs> maybe a short term. I get, so the older two boys wrestled for three, four years. The one thing I like about, well, playing several sports, right? Football is another good one. Balance. I mean, basketball, all, all sports, baseball too. Um, but it's, it's, every sport's got its different balance. It's hand, eye, foot, eye, and everything kind of comes together, right? Or if you just play one sport, you only learn to balance like hockey, right? You only learn to balance on skates. And there's there's a lot of in the corner battles or against bigger guy battles that unless you play different sports, I don't think you necessarily get unless you're super team. So, um, but I was just, uh, you just give everything you got at all times, right? Yeah. Bigger guys. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. So other than that, I, I didn't give them is I talked a li as little as possible about hockey because I didn't play hockey. So <laughs> I didn't want to mess anything up. <laughs> Don't need them going backwards. <laughs> How did you guys get started in hockey then when you were coming from a wrestling background? So uh, Mace, my oldest started hockey and wrestling the same year i think it was three or four whatever it was um but my wife's andrea's good friend jc gibbs at the time jc burris bought chase a little knee hockey stick or whatever or mason a little knee hockey stick when he was three years old and of course we had a rink in the backyard you can't ha not have a rink you can't i mean there's und hockey and central and red river and these kids just love it in this town so it, I knew that was going to be a strong uh formidable opponent to beat <laughs> and I took defeat yeah <laughs> yeah made wrestling a little bit harder of a sell yeah <laughs> no so they wrestled yeah a few years and then you just can't do both at a certain moment certain time yeah to be fair, your youngest, if there's a knee hockey tournament at my house, if there's a wrestling, a post-hockey wrestling match, your youngest usually wins, comes out of the park. That is true. He's, he's typically, yeah, he, he definitely loves wrestling. He asked me if he could do it. I said, 100%, we'll yeah. sign you up. I can see if I can get my money back from GM by H. And, uh... <laughs> Two weekends left. We, we just haven't been happy. Can we have a refund, please? <laughs> Not feeling. Uh, I actually have a, a, a question, uh, a submitted question from a, a, a Chase R, who said he's a first-time American. <laughs> Why do you have three kids and two are forwards and one is a defenseman? Can you explain? That's a fabulous question. That you know, that is a fabulous question. Um, yeah, the oldest two are forwards. My third was defenseman. I believe. <laughs> It was coaches that knew more a lot, a lot more about hockey than I did. That said, you know, you suck as sports. You're just moving back to D. I don't know. It <laughs> baffles me. 
I've got a great answer because I, I'm familiar with this, Jason, and I, I can tell you, uh, Shane and I had the uh, wonderful opportunity to coach football together this last year, and uh, this specific uh, uh, child uh, asked, you know, why, why do I play outside linebacker? Why do I not play more middle linebacker? I said, you're not here to think. You're just here to run fast and hurt people. <laughs> That's a great answer. Especially, especially to give to a 12 year old boy that's, that's a perfect answer hey, that's his job and he did his job well and i was gonna say i'm sure chase was like yeah that makes a lot of sense you're right i don't know why i ever question i would say the answer and i feel like i can say this because i have seen him skate since what are we talking four or five that this all started um anyone anyone who can get from this end of the ice to this end of the ice as quickly as Chase R should be a defenseman. Because that kid, when he hauls ass, my husband puts it, most kids have two gears, Chase has a third gear. And when he throws into third gear, you won't catch him. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a good spot for him. Yeah. This story is yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I, um, I love to have him. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to, just speaking to the speed, uh, my boy's a goalie, watched a game in the summer, kid had a half breakaway when Chase R was on the ice. My kid didn't bother to get ready. He didn't even come out to the top of his crease. He had a stick up. He's leaning on the net. I'm like, you're going to get ready for the, he goes, oh, Chase is going to get him anyways. <laughs> okay. Hey. And if you think he's fast in hockey or in football, you haven't seen him play center field yet. He can wheel around those bases. Well, the, the, the right fielder and the left fielder. Well, the right fielder bought, brought a hibachi grill and was sitting out there making some hot dogs. And the left fielder, honestly, I think he was having a bake sale. I'm not positive, but it looked like a bake sale to me. That's my idea of a good baseball game. Did they have scotch roos at the bake sale? Uh, so, uh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I just asked if they had scotch roos at that bake sale. I uh, know, but they did, they did have special gay bars. Okay. A jerk would bring scotcheroos to something like that, Kyle. <laughs> jerks, right? Which also, by the way, speaking of jerks, I've never actually been sober on one of these. And now I realize I did not know Kyle was such a jerk. Now I know why I couldn't tell. <laughs> you just got to mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? You can kind of uh been sandbagging that a little. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, Shane, uh, we have a couple extra questions for you. Um, one Corey will ask. The other one I want to ask is, what do you call the province where I am from? This was a big deal in uh, episode two. One through 23. It was all of them. <laughs> Sketch one. Oh, so good. Correct. Uh, Kelly, it feels like you and I have a... Uh, have established a good baseline for how to say it. And yeah. I think Corey's firmly in the minority now. Well, yeah. I wouldn't be so far in the minority if when either of you say that outside the context of this podcast, you would say it that way. But Saskatchewan. <laughs> I feel emboldened enough to do it now. Like just like dropping it, like, you know, like a cool kid. You made a um, sticker, Kelly. I especially want to do it in front of a Canadian just to see if they notice. I'll have my um, brothers come down. You can see it right to sure. the Sure. Yep. Don't give them a heads up. I just want to throw it in there and have them be like, wow, that's impressive. Uh, I I keep trying to get my my two brothers to apply for green cards because the, the, the youngest one is is Riverside through and through. I'm just going to buy him a house there because he is he's ready to. We'll take him. Full we'll take him. Yeah. He's a kosher. That's all I needed to yeah. know. That's it. <laughs> I feel like this is the time of year where I have to throw out yet another Canadian PSA to remind Canadians everywhere. Uh, the equator and Ecuador are not the same thing. Good lesson. In metric, they are. It's completely different. The more you know. The more you know. Corey, you want to ask your question? Because I have a follow-up follow challenge for Shane, actually. Oh, for my question. Okay, so obviously, Shane, you didn't uh, play hockey like I did. And you were a wrestler uh, like I was. Uh, was. Is there any chirping that went on that you were aware of between wrestlers? And, and if so, did a wrestler ever say anything to you like a chirp? Ah, uh, boy. Wrestlers don't shit talk? 
No, we just what? you just pick the guy up. You you yeah. cross face him. You slam him on the ground. I, what are you gonna say to him? Yeah. Or, Everyone's you, you in are, a onesie. Everyone's in a onesie. You could go low if you want. You could go really low. I walked I'm just saying, you could, if you wanted, it's it's all right out there in front of you. Yeah. So yeah. You could get mean well, if you want. I, I can make Shane smile because as a wrestler, if you really want to embarrass someone, you throw the Saturday Night Ride in. He can he can describe what that is at his pleasure. <laughs> no, okay. Now I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued. Hard pass. <laughs> we'll tell Matt. Yeah, oh, damn it! You know what? At some point, <laughs> at some point, we're gonna just have to tell Kelly because I I watched a few episodes back and there was like every episode like we'll just tell Matt and it kind of feels. <laughs> I'll just force him to tell Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's disappointing. I would have. I mean, I I I've watched enough WWF to know that there is some trash talking that goes on in wrestling. That's entertainment wrestling, but still. You know, wrestling on the so I would I I suppose it's that you're too wore out to shit talk because we were out to eat the other night and they had a wrestling tournament on the TV and my God I was exhausted watching these young gentlemen I mean it was exhausting I can't believe how long they stayed in that man I would I. I would not have. I would have given up. I would have tapped out immediately. But again, we go back to my pro sitting stance, so I wouldn't have succeeded. But wrestling is exhausting. So I don't know. I would be doing a lot of shit talking because it's so much, um, like, it looks like it hurts. So I don't know. I just think you should, there should be some shit talking. Well, you're dead right, I think, Kelly. Maybe Shane can say it too, but... Like you really can't do much of that because the the speed of the, the the constant nature. I mean, the closest I ever got to shit talking in a wrestling match was I was wrestling a friend of mine in a duel, and uh, he caught me in a non-pinnable cradle. So he he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get any more points. He we were both just stuck there as long as he felt like hanging on. And oh. I literally the ref is right there waiting to see if I was going to get pinned or not, which I couldn't be based on the way he held the move. And I looked at the guy and I said. Either let me go, or I'm going to kiss you or fart, or both. <laughs> and the ref was very That's angry, and the guy let me go. Farting. And we both just started laughing, like in the middle of the wrestling match. Neither of us That's, did anything. That's exactly what I was hoping for, though, because yeah. that's that's exactly what I would think that would lead to. You know, like, get the fuck off me, or something like that. You know, that's where I would be. I can't, though. So, that's, you know. <laughs> get the fuck off. That's <laughs> right. Like that, in my opinion, that would be the most natural thing to say. Get the fuck uh, out of me. To break to the point. Yeah, that's Amanda's favorite term of all time. <laughs> um, probably why you see less girl wrestling because it would get mean. Hair pulling would ensue. Um, girls, girls are just meaner. They're just meaner. Uh, on that note. Shane, did you ever watch The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling or Glow? Oh, I love Glow! And Cheyenne was the best, right? Wait, no. Cheyenne, oh, a.k.a. who? I think she just went by Cheyenne. She was named Cheyenne, and her choice was stripper or glow wrestler, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never seen Glow Wrestling. It's on Netflix. It's a TV show. Yep, and you need to look into it because Glow uh, is really good. Uh, I'm not One of my favorite quotes comes the from Glow. program that was on in the 90s. Oh, the actual. Oh, so yeah. I have not seen the actual. Kelly, but yeah. But I've seen the remake on Netflix, which is wonderful. I'm talking the legit program. You have me too. I have no idea. Well, I will send her, I'll put a clip on Instagram tomorrow or just send it to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I've seen the so, show about Glow, which is also called Glow. I haven't watched that, but the uh, yeah, the actual the actual product was also quite good. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful um, so here's a challenge for Shane. This is a Red River Central type of thing. Um, uh, went to parent teacher conferences last night. They had a um, or tonight rather. They had uh, an ad placed in the 
um, dining area at Schrader said, if you're interested, come uh, Thursday the 22nd to join, if you're interested in joining the Red River Trap Shooting Club. Now, Red River only. Shane, who is a good trap shooter, and I also go with Shane, I'm just good in the room. Shane, you should start the Central Trap Shooting Club. Well, anyway, from dry land, which is drinking bush light. So Central has a trap shooting club, and actually it was just Grand Forks together. Mm. Um, so Central has a team. Okay. And maybe Red River's making their own team now? It, it looks like they are, yeah. So Central has a team. Okay, challenge accepted. Shane, two-part question. Uh, has anyone ever called you Sugar Shane Reynolds? And did you know that we're going to call this episode Sugar Shane Reynolds? Great. Um, so I answered the second one first. <laughs> and the, the first one, yes. I've, um, yeah, I've heard that once or twice. Okay. Right. Not by your wife, though, by someone else? <laughs> By someone not answering. It would have been way better if it was by my wife. It would be okay. a better story. But no. Yeah. Okay. Just had to try. Just Now, I, Shane, we're, we're going to get you out of here in a reasonable amount of time, in mere minutes. Um, if you had to look, say, let, let's call it two weeks into the future, do you think episode eight or episode 24 will have more views? It, it, uh, it's so a trap. Let's go 24. Uh, what number are we on? So, so you, you are episode 24. Andrea is episode 8. Um, I tried to warn you. In two weeks? Yeah. Well, that's not enough time. <laughs> and give me give me 15 okay. days. Okay. I can do that. All right. We're going to find out. What am I going up against here? Your wife. Your yeah, wife I, I know what kind of number. You know, I actually don't know. Oh. <laughs> we'll look it up, though. Yeah, we, hey. we can look it we up. We do as much back-end preparation as we do front-end. Which <laughs> <laughs> is to say none. Yeah. Make sure they have ice and fresca, and that's about as far as I get. Yeah. Yep. And you can take that however you want it. Hell yeah. <laughs> blue, blue dolphin. I was going to yeah. say, this is on water. He's saying things yeah. about front end and back end preparation. I, so I'm usually more animated, <laughs> or at least I slur my speech more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Shane, do you have any parting thoughts on dryland? Anything uh, you wish? So here's the interesting uh, fact: looking at our listenership, we have a pretty significant portion that's under 18. In the 18 to two demographic, we have a big zero. No one in that demo listens to us. We have uh, 22 to 30 is okay. 30 to 45 is very strong. 45 to 60 is is pretty good. 60 plus also strong, which I assume is Matt, Matt's friends, I guess, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yep. 80s, obviously. Uh, yeah. Any parting shots for those under 18s, Shane? Under 18s. Okay. So for the that. under 18s, it's pretty easy. And this one, I'm kind of, of a broken record. You're going to get out what you put in it's pretty simple right and it, and that goes with anything in life but i mean dry land is just one of those things right yeah you get out what you put in um would you be willing to take on an eight-year-old intern uh that lives at my house that likes to come and yell at Wee a red about they're not working hard enough i could use that i could use yeah. it yeah. save yeah. on my voice yeah <laughs> If you were looking for someone to motherfuck 12-year-olds, I got an eight-year-old that will yell at them all day long. Yeah, legit. Um, anyone else? Parting shots? Yeah, um, I do. I've got something to say to the under 18-year-olds. Does your mother know you're listening to this right now? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, no, I, I, um, parting shots for Shane. Are we uh, shutting her down after Shane's gone? Otherwise, I want to tell you guys the reason I was late story. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I think yeah, you can Shane, please feel free to just do an Irish goodbye or you can wait, whatever, but I need to hear the story. So uh I, I get a call, or my wife gets a call as we're unloading the groceries into the, the pantry, and she picks up the phone and she screams, What? into the phone. 
To which I do the only natural reaction and wonder, how did Parker die and who did it? Like, <laughs> is that practice? What was the thing that eventually caused the death? Was it forgetting to put the blades on the bottom of the skates? Was it he didn't put a helmet on and he took a puck to the face? I don't know day to day, but I, I, it was going to happen. To, to which she said, happened. yeah, to which she said, relax, your son is fine. And I said, so why did you just have a reaction? Um, like you just, they sold out of your favorite nail polish. Now it is at this point that came out of my mouth and I realized I'd yet again made another mistake. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, just looked at me, as she usually does, with some level of disgust. Then she weighed the fact that we have children and mutual debt. And I came up on the barely on the right side of that equation. Right, right. So who says debt is a bad thing? It's not. Trust me. It's going to be married <laughs> for 26 years, Jane. <laughs> debt is it? If we ever get out of debt, I'm in trouble. I'm actually You're screwed. Yeah, yeah, I create fake mortgage paperwork now, just so Jess doesn't think we're in debt. <laughs> it would be a really, really silly financial move for you to get out of this, Jess. Yeah. yeah. She's like, when did we take uh, out a mortgage with, he said, she said, incorporated. I was like, oh, yeah, that's our third, the second garage mortgage. You were there. You remember. It was for hockey. Don't worry about it. Anyways, um, so I, she hangs up the phone. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> So the Bantam AA players, not AA, the Bantams uh, second years across the board are all graduating out of youth hockey. So every year the association tries to do something nice for the kids that are graduating out of the system. And part of what they did this year was they got giant balloon um, displays that they could, you could take a picture beside with your child, right? So it's like a congratulations, Bantams. There are these giant balloon things on metal poles balloons by misty she's in town she did some great work on them, right so monday Justin and i drove over to purper uh purper to uh, eagles we had to bring them over to purper and i realized these things are not capable of being moved by my truck because they're giant base poles with balloons everywhere if i try to drive with these things these either lose the balloons or I'm lose these poles so we called and we said hey she was going to judge them up a little bit too, because a bunch of different team levels from B all the way up to the double A program, we're going to use them all at their different games for the graduating players. So said, so, so you're, since you're going to fix them up a little bit, would you mind bringing your van and just moving them for us? Cause we don't want to wreck them on the move. She's like, yeah, absolutely. So she goes to pick them up and they're not there. The, uh, Unfortunately, the rink staff thought they were in garbage. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so this was my wife taking the phone call from the lady because the, these poles that they were on were obviously something that cost money as well. And one of them was destroyed when it was thrown into the dump. Oh. <laughs> and she was a little perturbed. Not, by the way, she handled it well, but she was just obviously not only was the service no longer available because the balloons were destroyed, but her posts were destroyed as well. No. So I was talking to the association to explain to them what happened because as you can imagine, three quarters of our teams have received really nice balloon displays that were, that were well done. And oh, some of them no. will not now. <laughs> and we owe the company some money for destroying their balloon poles. Yes. So that's why I was a few minutes late. Begs the question, why not ask if these are garbage, you know? I want to presume nothing more than a hilarious story, right? Someone just made a mistake and threw them away, but I'm on the phone and I'm like, you know, we were the ones who were supposed to move the dang things and I couldn't. And I suppose I could have called the rink guys and said, hey, don't throw these out, but it never ever crossed my mind that someone would chuck those things no giant balloon displays yeah i would think that someone would be like leave these alone for whoever they belong to you'd think somebody would steal them before throw them in the garbage yeah yeah we did salvage the sign that came with them because that was the only thing we could fit in our vehicle so we took that with us <laughs> thanks well so yeah that yeah for sure a minor crisis that's time well spent Yes. Uh, 
Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how has the first two weeks of uh, being a Hall of Famer treated you? Oh, just another day. Just have you become day. difficult to live with? <laughs> uh, that's every day, Kelly. Sorry. No more, okay. no less. Yeah. Do you sign your autographs? Do you sign your autographs now, HOF Central? I just have a stamp. Sugar oh. Shake. Sugar <laughs> Shake. Yeah. Sugar Shake. Sugar, Sugar shame. shame. H-O-F. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Well done. Um, Kelly, thoughts? Um, no, just gearing up. This is a big week. This is a big week for hockey. So high school yeah. hockey tournament, it's one of my absolute favorite weeks of the year in mm -hmm. particular because I can now live with my husband because Central is going to state. I don't know that our marriage or his mental capacity could have survived the third year. So yeah. would, would you like to tease out say, well, let's call it episode 26. Who's going to be our guest? Uh, it's going to be Matt Moreland. And we're going to get a high school hockey wrap up. And, you know, I can't guarantee um, his sobriety. You know, I mean, it might be better than the day he participated in a golf tournament. It might be worse. We'll see. I like to keep things I, exciting and fun. I like it. In the chance that uh, a certain team in high school hockey beats another certain team in high school hockey, I, I feel like I would enjoy that episode more than usual, and I will look forward to it. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Hey, that's the beauty of the tournament. I mean, Dickinson won the West. Yeah. First time ever. First yep. time ever. So that's the stuff I love. I do. I love it. It yeah, uh, it, uh, I, it always keeps you on your toes, and it, that's how it when it comes down to a tournament where one game decides, uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen, indeed. Uh, Shane, parting thoughts? I, I think I'm on round two. Didn't I already do one? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> sometimes people have a lot of thoughts. We just know? keep going in circles. Everyone stops. That talking. was my thought. That was the thought I had. Um, you really don't week after at all. Week after, yeah, we got, we got Pee Wee uh, State Tournament the week after that. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited uh, for that as well. Actually, uh, Kelly, I'm going to use this as a, would you consider having your youngest and, and my youngest on to do a might two wrap up? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. they, they also, it's a tournament this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's extended season. So now we're into full lights. The the rules have changed. Uh, I, my might two told me is a so, sometimes faker, told me he was sick all day. I'm like, no, you're not going to hockey. Uh can't. And uh, had to leave the ice twice to go to the bathroom and then came home and threw up all over the place. So I guess dad's got to listen sometimes. Yeah, so. wasn't thinking. Turns out that's all right. Wasn't thinking. Know, Never believe don't, him. Never you don't know until they throw up. That's yeah, right. They just don't. Uh, he also peed on the ice once. So I mean, who, who knows? You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, but this men's is beer leaguers do that too. Pardon me? Men's beer league players do that too, Kyle. <laughs> Fair point. That's true. So, um, I've been messing with this all day. This is not a vape. Um, this is a mini lighter slash cattle prod. So this, this is the second time this week, Kyle, you said to me, this is not a vape in my hand. <laughs> this isn't a vape. Okay. I aim for consistency and it looks like I've nailed it. So Shane, thanks you uh, so much for joining us and, and staying up. Uh, Shane has to be at work in four minutes, so yeah, uh, thanks. Really right into work. Go to bed. All right. Go to bed. Uh, thank See you tomorrow night, Shane. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. <laughs> You're doing just fine. Thanks all. Uh, oh, yeah. Enjoyed episode twenty-four. Uh, join us soon for episode twenty-five with a guest that we have yet to choose. Talk soon. Sounds good, guys. Good night. Good night, everybody.